Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the JLL Investor Perspectives Podcast. I'm Art Patnode, your host, once again joining you from the confines of my home in Singapore as we continue to familiarize ourselves with the next normal. Today, we're talking about sale and leaseback transactions in Asia Pacific. There's been a swell of interest in such deals as of late, and for good reason. We're going to find out why and whether that demand can continue. Joining me today is Regina Lim, head of capital markets research in this region. Regina, you're also based in Singapore. How is work today from the comfort of your own home? Well, I'm working from home, but I would much rather be in the office. I know that feeling all too well. So to the point of the matter, Regina sale and leasebacks, which are basically what it says. It's when an owner of a property sells it and then leases it back from the buyer. A business gets to use the property but doesn't have to own it. This isn't new. The benefits of these things are well known. You can free up capital for a company so that it can spend on other things. But the coronavirus pandemic has brought about fresh interest. And before we get into this, I just want to understand the legacy of sale and leaseback transactions in this region before COVID. So can you start by giving us some background? We've seen an increase in popularity for sale and leaseback transactions, which is surprising because, you know, in Asia, people really love to own property. But in the last four years, we've seen a 50% increase in sale and leaseback deals in Asia Pacific. So in 2019, we actually got about 12 billion US dollars worth of sale and leaseback deals. And the growth has been three times faster than the overall investment volumes we get in the region. So a question we've been asked is why has it surged so much? I think we've been hearing a lot more about the demand drivers that drive investment volumes up. So that could be low interest rates, lots of dry powder waiting to be deployed by investors, a lot of cross-border investments. But we've said very little about the supply side drivers, which is corporates coming to us and say, hey, we really want to think about a sale and lease back. We want to sell our buildings and still occupy it uh, just to improve our cash flow and improve our return on equity. But now with the economy starting to feel the impact of COVID-19. Do these market drivers that you mentioned remain the same? I think it's accentuated even more because the economic uncertainty uh, is causing a broad range of businesses to start to think about flexibility, to think about agility. And the benefits of unlocking capital with the sale and leaseback structure will start to become more obvious to owners in this time because then they can free up some capital that's been there all along, use it to maybe pare down debt, uh, reduce interest expense. In this lockdown, a lot of people have been forced to stop operating and they still have a lot of fixed costs they need to pay for. So they can free up some capital to do that or to reinvest the capital for expansion to drive the next stage of growth. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say this. While the pandemic has changed so many things, some of these fundamentals that you mentioned remain unchanged. It's just they're being seen in a new light. But the benefits to the balance sheet have become arguably more important given they've been stretched as a result of the COVID crisis. Do you agree with this? Yeah, I think for many, many operational businesses, their property, plant and equipment on the balance sheet have been depreciated over the number of years. And if you do a sale of an asset, it can actually allow the asset to be marked to market and that would increase your book value. Once you get a more efficient balance sheet, your return on equity will look better every quarter. And if you do use that capital wisely to redeploy into some business expansion, you can create more shareholder value over time. 
time. And that's much stronger return compared to just holding on to the property, which will give you a relatively lower return. So can that strength that we talked about earlier, that pre-COVID strength, can that continue? Are, Are you confident this momentum can continue forward? Yeah, I think in many, many ways, COVID is like a reset button and it's compelling a lot of companies to re-examine the way they deploy their capital to get the best return. And we're quite confident that this soul searching will lead to a notable rise in corporate real estate divestments as owners start to think about how to increase their liquidity positions and how to maximize the working capital that they have. And investors, they are also thinking about veering towards more stable income producing real estate. So still lease back assets with long leases and rent escalations, they are ideal candidates for acquisition. You mentioned distress, which is something one would expect at this point in the cycle. Are there any sectors needing to free up cash flow with a sale and lease back that you would expect to take advantage here more often than others? I think the saving grace is that all the governments around the world have been really swift in deploying supportive fiscal and monetary policies. Overall, most of us will be fine, but there will still be pockets of distress in some sectors. So the obvious ones are like aviation, hotels, retail and leisure, and a lot of them are raising equity at this time, but economic slowdown is going to affect many, many cash-trapped businesses. And in the last few years, a lot of Asian firms, they're thinking about going asset lights. Traditionally, Asian businesses, they like to own a property over leasing it, but this is gradually changing because asset prices have increased over the last five years. And many companies, even those in Hong Kong and China, are not thinking about buying office buildings for owner occupation. They are thinking of leasing instead. So we're seeing a broad base of companies thinking about this issue, even those who have traditionally preferred to own. And we're seeing a lot more in industrial assets. They've traditionally done quite a bit of sale but I think this would increase even more because industrialists will continue to want to improve their margins by selling their fixed assets and redeploying that capital into expansions. You know, you mentioned that investor appeal for a steady income. Why would a sale and lease back appeal to investors more, say, in this environment when there's all this uncertainty about rent payments and occupier demand? You are giving this business an injection of cash to own their assets. So that in itself would improve the financial health of that tenant. The corporate needs that premises for its business operations, whether it's for its office or industrial purposes. So there is no question of demand or vacancy. They will be staying in that building, which they have loved. So overall, our investors, they are quite confident of Asia Pacific's long-term economic prospects and demographics. And we're seeing a lot more niche players by family offices and private equity funds underinvested in Asia Pacific real estate. And now they can get some skin in the game. These kind of investors favor lower leverage, diversification across geographies and asset classes. And a lot of them are looking into alternative sectors as well. And they value stable income generating assets, which sale and lease back gives you. So we are still seeing about 40 billion US dollars of dry powder that's ready to deploy into Asian real estate. There's a lot of debate about the future of the office, but I still believe that offices will remain core, even though some changes will occur. Uh, so for office sale and lease back, we're seeing very rarely them uh, in Australia and China, but we will see more in Japan, in Korea and in Singapore. Regina, a lot of good ground covered here today. It's clearly a fast moving market. Thank you very much for sharing your views. And to our listeners joining today, thank you too. 
If you have any feedback on today's chat, we'd love to hear it. And we look forward to you joining us on the next show. Mm-hmm.